Hi, my name is Carly Anna, and you are listening to CE Over It. Welcome to today. <laughs> I don't like saying welcome, but I want to say welcome. Hi. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about client payment horror stories, and we're going to be having conversations about what has actually happened when payments don't go through, or when clients refuse to pay, or maybe they want a refund, and we're just going to be having a really real conversation about getting payments for clients and all of the crazy things that may or may not go into that. So I'm excited to talk to you guys about this one today. I know this is going to be full of really good stories. The stories you submitted, which by the way, thank you for everybody who submitted. This podcast, I want it to be really conversational and I don't want it to just be me preaching at you or telling you, here's how to do blah, 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 blah. I want to hear from you guys. I want it to be very just conversation based and get lots of different people's perspectives. And so it really helps when you guys submit stories or you submit your opinions or you just submit whatever it is that I ask you for. So I really appreciate it. So I first wanted to say thank you for participating in the podcast. Seriously, it means so much to me. Okay, but let's first get started with the things that I'm eating, drinking, watching, listening to, all the things that are keeping me sane while I'm designing and working. (laughs) I've got to come up with a better segment name for that. Seriously, if you guys didn't think of anything, please send me a DM on Instagram because uh. That is just way too confusing and way too long of a segment name for me to keep it around, but I can't think of anything for the life of me. Okay, so let's first start off with what I'm eating and drinking. So let's let's first start with a story. So a few months ago, I got my very first matcha after seeing so many people on Instagram rave about it. I am a huge, not a foodie, I would say a, few, a huge drinky. <laughs> I love drinks. I always have, and not like an alcoholic beverage way, but like I love hot drinks. I love different like seltzers and like I love to just be constantly sipping on a flavorful combination of depth, in-depth flavors. Oh, I, I love, love, love drinks. I will always 10 out of 10 take a really delicious drink over a delicious meal. Always, 100%. Uh, so after a long time of seeing people talk about matcha, I had never tried it. As the ultimate drinky, I felt like I needed to officially try matcha. So I went to Starbucks, ordered myself a iced matcha latte. I didn't put anything in it. I just got oat milk. I think that's the only sub I did. Anyways, I tried it, hated it. Absolutely hated it. I don't know who decided that matcha was good iced and plain like that but it is absolutely disgusting it smells 100% like a farm tastes like a farm and nobody can change my mind on iced matcha lattes I think that they're disgusting but I gave it a few months of thought and I just kept seeing more and I just felt really left out about not liking matcha And so for the past two weeks, I've been making it my personal mission to try and like matcha because, you know, I mean, it's just like coffee where it's like, you know, you might not like it black, like not very many people do. So it's like, you got to find a way that you like it. So I've been trying to make it in lots of different ways that I think I might like. And I started actually preparing it hot, like a hot latte, how I make my herba mate. And for those of you who don't know, 
I have been drinking Herba Mate, which is, it's not a green tea. It's, I don't even, it's a really weird thing that's kind of its own genre almost. Um, it's like the South American equivalent to green tea or coffee. Uh, but I have been drinking that since high school. I love Herba Mate. I drink it every single morning. Um, and I just put creamer. I, I drink it hot. Like I put it in a little, what's it called? Those little French press things. And this is not traditional to how people <laughs> normally drink Herba Mate. This is how I drink it. So anyways, I put it in uh, some Rosa Herba Mate in a little French press. And I get it hot. Whatever. French press it out. And then I put just a bunch of creamer and sugar and mix it with some hot water and that's basically how I drink my yerba mate and I really really love that I've been drinking that for years and so I decided since matcha and yerba mate have a similar flavor profile matcha is a little bit more grassy and has a little bit more of a veggie taste to it and yerba mate has more of a it still has a little bit of a grassy taste but it tastes a little bit more earthy and not maybe quite as bitter. Um, it's like more more oaky, smoky. I don't even, that sounds gross, but uh, it's just not quite as farmy. It just tastes more earthy. So anyways, so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try it like that. And I really, really liked trying it that way. I tried it iced first and you know, it was 7 out of 10, but I do like it hot. And so I think I decided that I like all my bitter drinks, things like matcha and herba mate. I like those hot. And then I like all my sweet drinks like chai and like sweet coffee type things. I like those cold. So that is what I decided. But I will say that if you're someone who is wanting to try to like matcha like me, the type of matcha that I got, I do think made a difference. Because even when I tried to make it ice the very first time with this brand new matcha that I had gotten, I noticed a huge difference in the taste and the texture from versus the one that I got from Starbucks. And I got the Whimsy Official Matcha based off of my friend's recommend, my friend Amy's recommendation. She's like, you need to try this one or it's just not even worth going to. And I was looking on the website and they like are really, really particular about when they pick these leaves. They're like the highest grade type of matcha that you can ever get. So I got that and I really do think that Whimsy Official's matcha made a big difference. Also, the packaging is to die for so cute I am keeping the bottle and using it lighter for something I don't know what because it's so so cute Amy actually is the one who did the branding for it uh, and it's seriously so 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 good top-notch but yeah that that's a little synopsis I guess of what I've been drinking and trying that was a little bit of a long synopsis about what I've been drinking the past two weeks as I've been working okay now into what I've been watching and listening to to keep me entertained while I design so I started reading the book, uh, what's it called? How to Do the Work by, it's by the Holistic Psychologist. If you don't follow her on Instagram, you should because she's awesome. She just came out with this book. Oh, her real name though is Dr. Nicole LaPera. I'm probably not saying that right. But it's a really, really good book. I'm only about three hours in so far, but I already know, I'm, I've already learned a lot from it and I know I'm going to really, really like this. I'm loving it so far. I actually got this based off of another recommendation from my friend Alyssa from Brandon Bloom Design. She used to be in the 10KGG and she posted about this on her Instagram and I really enjoy it. It's it's perfect. If, if you're feeling like this, you need to read the book. If you're feeling like burnt out or unbalanced and you're just not finding a lot of joy in the work or just the day-to-day -day monotony of things, 
you really need to read this book. Even if you're not quite feeling like so burdened by that feeling, I really would suggest reading this book for anybody. It's just the things that I'm learning in there so far are so, so good. And I'm definitely going to be picking it up again in January once my seasonal depression hits because that always happens. And that's always the feeling I get. So, um... This is definitely one of those books that I'm going to be referring back to a lot, and I'm loving it so far, so I would highly, highly recommend this, especially for creatives. So those are the things that I've been drinking and listening to while I've been working. If you want to listen or you drink those things while you're working and you like them or you don't like them, let me know, but I just think it's fun to talk about them. Okay, now let's start to get a little bit into the stories that you guys submitted. I have a few stories that I want to share, too, about payment horror stories. Uh, but really quickly, before we get into the stories, I know I said that like three times now, but I want to preface this by saying all of these stories that you guys submitted and that I'm sharing, anytime we're sharing stories that may, I don't know, negatively, I guess, impact or talk about a client, uh, I don't ever want it to come off and feel like, okay, we're complaining about this client and like, gossiping and we're like oh my gosh this client is so stupid and dumb da, 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 whatever like we're talking about this because these are things that I don't feel like are ever actually talked about in the design industry and in the creative industry and they need to be talked about more because first I think if we talk about it more I think clients will not treat us as such the more it's normalized the more it's talked about the more it goes away right the more we bring it to the center and the more we give it attention, I, I think the better. Second, um, as a creative and as as someone on the other side, it feels really, really lonely to go through circumstances like this and to have difficult clients and to feel completely alone in that and to feel like you're the only one going through that. And everybody else has got it all figured out except for you because you have this one client that is making you feel crazy. And so I want to normalize that a little bit because no matter what level you're at, even though, you know, I'm booking at a a pretty high rate right now and I still occasionally get difficult clients. We're actually working through one right now. I'm talking about it with my girls in 10KGG, my mastermind that I have. And it happens and I think it's normal to to talk about it so I want this to be like a really honest just conversation about what the creative process and what getting money from clients really really actually looks like I was trying to think of what my client payment horror story was be would be and honestly I had a hard time thinking about what my story would be because a I have so many of them (laughs) and just picking one would be really hard I started my business when I was really, really young, like 19. And so I made a lot of mistakes. And so I feel like I have the above average amount of difficult client stories and a lot of them being my own fault uh, because, yeah, I was just an idiot at times and didn't know what I was doing. And so I had a hard time picking because of that, but also because B, I have so many, I have tried to block them out, (laughs) I think, because some of them were pretty traumatic, to be honest. Because I can think of like, oh yeah, that client was difficult, that client was difficult, but like when I try and recall the details about why specific clients were difficult, I have a hard time remembering because I think I've just blocked it out so much. But anyways, I do have one client payment horror story that I really do feel like tops the cake for me. It just really is the creme de la creme of all my client payment horror stories. Okay, so I had this client 
who's kind of just like your your basic difficult client. The communication was really rough. They never got back to me on anything. Everything was always really late. Communication, when they did provide communication, was really, really confusing. Like, all of their emails were really vague, not helpful, just never answered any of my questions, like that type of stuff. And I was waiting for feedback on them from something, and I didn't hear anything back. And then, like, a week later, their card declined, which... I should explain how I take payments is it's kind of like a subscription basis where they pay an equal amount of money every single month for like four months. I like it because it breaks it up into equal monthly payments and also like I don't have to chase down invoices every month. It just automatically takes it out. So I usually don't have to chase down payments, but uh, their card had been declined. So I had to reach out and I said, hey, you know, your card's declined. Would you mind updating it? I'm just going to pause on work for right now until you update it. And I hadn't heard back from them. So I keep checking in, keep checking in, keep checking in. Fast forward to like a month and I finally hear back from them. And I come to find out that they had been on a European vacation for the past month. And not only had they been on a European vacation for the past month, but they couldn't pay me because they had been on a European vacation for the past month. They had pretty much used my paycheck to go to Europe. I mean, the least that they could have done is send me like a beautiful box of macaroons or something that they got in Europe or bare minimum a postcard. I mean, if you're spending my money on your trip, I better get something out of it. I don't even remember how I ended up handling that situation because, again, I was just, like, brand new. I think I was like, okay, sure. But in my brain, I was like, uh, in what world is this ethically okay? Like, no world. That's that's not okay. So, yeah, that's kind of my story. But I, I'm also going to be kind of sprinkling in little bits and pieces of my other stories throughout your guys' stories because I have some similar situations that you guys have had. So, let's get right into it. Hi Carly, first of all, I wanted to start out with how much I'm loving the brand mapping method. I binge watch all videos basically. It was super beneficial, so thank you. Oh, yay, I love seeing you guys, all my students in here. That's so fun. For those of you guys who don't know, I have my signature course. It's called the brand mapping method. It's all about brand strategy. It's super awesome. So yay, thank you. So fun seeing you here. Now to the horror story. This happened a few years ago when I first started out. Important to the story because I had no idea what I was doing. Boundaries just weren't a thing yet, but boy, did I learn fast. I'm going to use fake names to make this a bit easier. I had an ongoing client who could outsource her client design work to my studio. We'll call her Ashley. And for this specific pro project, Ashley asked me to create a wedding website for her wedding client on the knot.com. I do all the work on the knot, which honestly isn't that much to do if you ever use the platform. I have not, but yeah, I would assume it wouldn't be super taxing because you can't get super crazy in there. But anyways... Ashley then informs me that her client has changed her mind after everything is already completed on the knot and they now want me to build a custom wedding website on Squarespace instead of, uh, instead for a more customized design. Okay, so no more knot website. They now want a full-on Squarespace customized website. Beautiful. Amazing. We love that. <laughs> Ashley told me we're going to have to waive the cost of the knot work because it's not what the client wanted. Wow. The beginner slash people pleaser in me just didn't have those boundaries in place, so I agreed to waive the cost of the work already completed and just charge for the newly designed site. I ended up creating a six-page, which that that is a full website. Six pages is a full-on website at this point. 
So a six-page custom-designed website on Squarespace and went through one round of revisions with Ashley. Before we could start on the next round of revisions, the bride decided she didn't want to work with Ashley anymore, not because of the website, but because the bride wasn't happy with the planning and communication that Ashley had promised her. I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm not surprised, and the bride was probably doing the right thing. But, like, that sucks. Yeah, this sucks for you. And, wow. Okay, so Ashley didn't end up didn't end up getting paid for the website and told me since she was never paid, she wouldn't be able to pay me. The audacity. Needless to say, I was taken back. I was only charging $600 at this point for website design. Yeah, that's, like, not even that much. And I had to put in well over $600 worth of work on both sites. And I ended up sta- standing my ground and told her I would still need to be paid for work completed. She absolutely did not think that that was reasonable and was basically refusing to pay me. We ended up coming to an agreement and I was eventually paid the full amount, $600, almost a year later. After I immediately started collecting deposits to start work and updated my contract. Oh my bananas. Yeah, I would have been pissed too because it's not your fault that Ashley got fired. Like that's, she, she's the one who couldn't uphold her end of the contract and her end of the deal. And you upheld your end. Like, you did what you were hired to do. And so you should get paid for what you were hired to do. Plus, $600 isn't thousands of dollars. Like, that. You even if she had to make it in payments or say, hey, can I pay $100 now or $100, whatever. Like, $600 is doable. I know it's still a big chunk of money, but it is doable to pay that. Like, for $600, I will personally walk over to your house and help you host a garage sale where we can help you make my $600 back. That's what I would do. I I think I've had this once before where a client wanted a refund and I had a team that I had hired to do work. Oh, no, this has happened twice. And they wanted a refund. And when I negotiated giving the client back like a bigger refund than the amount that I guess I wanted to. Um, But I remember having to go in my own pockets to pay my team. And I'm not, that makes me sound like super like, look at me, how awesome I am. But like, like it's not my team's fault that I sucked at my job. They still need to get paid. They were just doing what I was telling them to do. Of course, they have their own creative freedom to do what they want, and I trust them and love everything that they do. And so I stand behind their work, and I'm like, yeah, you just did the brief, and we worked as a team, and you did your job, so you should get paid. Bottom line, you get paid before I get paid. Okay, next story. So I was asked by a friend's friend to do a logo. He's a photographer, so I wanted to sympathize with him because, hey, we're both struggling this line of work, so I did a super cheap logo for him for $300. I sent him three propositions of the logo we discussed, and he said he liked one of them, so I was super happy. I asked him for payment before I sent him all the final usable logos, and then he ends up ghosting me for three months. I bet you anything he was actually using that logo, like ones that weren't usable. He maybe like just screenshotted them and was probably using those. Oh, anyways. Okay, so I keep sending messages and calls. No reply. Over the period of three months, this guy is flying to Kenya, doing a partnership with Audi, going to Bali. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this dude is not struggling. He's getting paid well. And in my head, I'm getting super angry. Like, you have thousands of dollars to spend in other countries on a private jet, but not $300 for me, a struggling designer. Yeah. Heck yeah. Support other people in your field. Ugh. I end up finding out his home address. Oh, 
through your friend. I was going to say, you are in the wrong line of work because you have got crazy detective skills if you can find out his home address. But I forgot. This is through your friend. So you type up a legal letter telling him it's his last chance to pay and he has one week to pay. A week goes by and there's no payment. Dun, dun, dun. So, LOL, I'm an independent designer and I'm not going to sue or whatever. <laughs> I've done that before too. So I start exposing him on Instagram and since he has a big following, he starts to freak out and finally after three months of no contact, he breaks the silence and calls me after five minutes. <gasps> so there's months of him just not talking at all, nothing, and then five minutes after you start to expose him, of course, that's when he calls you. Okay, so his silence after five minutes, I start posting about him and he is begging me to remove the post. I tell him to pay me right now and we never talk again. He sends me $400 after negotiating on the phone and I now refuse to work without half of the payment beforehand. You go, girl. Yes, I think that's definitely the right move and you've learned, obviously, but wow, what a trip. But I think you did the right thing here. Uh, Darcy Benicosa, one of my friends, she actually just shared on Instagram about how she's a fan of cancel culture in some instances, which really surprised me because, um, yeah, I usually hear about people not being fans of cancel culture, but I really liked her perspective because what she said was when somebody has, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way to use cancel culture. The right way being, okay, you need to go and you need to do all the things behind the scenes, like what you did, typing up the legal letter. You've exhausted every resource that you have to get the payment that you ha that you have or that you deserve. And then after that, if it all doesn't work out, yeah, I think you should start exposing them on Instagram because other people deserve to know like, okay, maybe they don't want to work with him either. And I know people are going to send me DMs saying, I don't think that anybody really deserves to be canceled. Everybody deserves a second chance, all that stuff, which I agree with. I guess the word cancel culture isn't maybe something that I love, but I do believe that there are people out there who don't deserve the platform that they have on social media, who don't deserve all the brand partnerships that they have, all the sales that they have, especially in the world today where we have so many leaders, thought leaders and educators and people who are trying to sell things. There's so much noise out there that I personally want to know the truth about, okay, what is this person actually like? Is what they're selling good? Is it ethical behind it all and so I appreciate okay is there something that maybe I need to know that should be a little bit more public anyways there's my little rant about outing people on social media and I guess I just wanted to say I think you did this in a really good way and you did it in the right way there's a difference between outing someone for on social media for clout and for attention and then doing it in a really respectful but also like hey you need to know and you need to clean this up kind of a way so yeah, there's my rant. Okay, next story. I had a client book my services in February of 2019. She ended up paying for everything but wouldn't work on her questionnaire schedule strategy session despite me following up frequently. December 2020, almost as recent, a few days before Christmas, she emails and asks me for a full refund. <gasps> Mind blown emoji. After I had already paid taxes on it for 2019. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. So this is like a really long time. So she had the client booked in February 2019 and then in December 2020 is when they asked for a refund. <gasps> that is so sad. Oh my gosh. That's like, okay, let me do the math here. Is that like two years almost? That's pretty much almost two years. 
for some reason, when I first read this story, I equated February 2019 and December 2020 to being like six months apart, like as if they were in the same year. Uh, I'm always, especially when dates are at the beginning and end ends of years, uh, like how February is more at the beginning and December 2020 is at the end. Like that sounds like it should be a year apart to me in my head. I don't know why this always never makes sense to me, but like I didn't, I, I have to like physically count the months to be like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's almost two years. And that's actually a really, really long time. I have the same problem when people ask me how long I've been in business and I have absolutely no idea. Is it two years? Is it five years? Is it seven years? I don't know. Luckily, I started my business pretty quickly after I got married. And so I just have to think about how many years I've been married and I subtract one-ish years. But it's it's still never really clear, to be honest. It, it's never. Time is a confusing, confusing thing. But uh, this sounds like another person that I would maybe walk over and throw a yard sale for them. Because if you're that desperate for money to the point where you have to get in contact with someone from two years ago and request a refund, so obviously outside of the terms and length of a normal refund period. Um, yeah, I, I might throw you a garage sale, homie, because I get it. I've been there. But uh, requesting a refund is just... And not the way to get a refund or to get money. But, oh, I, I wanted to add on to this in my notes. I have a similar story where I had met someone personally, which most of my clients I meet through Instagram. I don't usually know most of my clients personally. And so I had met this one personally through like a business trip, not a trip, but like a conference thing. And, you know, we had spent a few days together. Like we knew each other pretty okayishly well. Uh, to the point where she ended up hiring me a few weeks later for her branding, da da da, and I was charging like seven ish, maybe five ish thousand dollars. It was thousands of dollars, so it wasn't like just petty cash, cut a few hundred dollars or you know stuff like that. Um, she had paid me, I want to say in full, and then I could not get her to fill out the questionnaire, schedule a strategy session, like she did none of it, and then just completely ghosted me too. And it was, it's still to this day so absurd to me. I even like emailed her like a bunch of times where I was like, hey, if you don't do anything in the next month, like I'm going to have to just take your money and you're not going to get any refund. And if you want to work with me again, you're going to have to pay extra money to reschedule everything. And I never heard back from her. I just kept thousands of her dollars and never heard back. So I don't know. Maybe that is a more normal experience than what I thought too. Okay, next story. I once dialed an entire workshop and they said they were going to pay me and they never did. It sucked. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, sounds like it. I put together three shoots and they said I'd have creative control and I got some of my own vendors on board. And then the day, okay. And then the day of the photographers just bypassed everything and took over. And then they had all of these products we had to include that I never would have used. Ugh. We got published as like the footnote of a bigger wedding blog and the article talked about uh, some of the beautiful pieces she puts in parentheses that I had come up with and they only credited the host when I was one when I was the one who came up with the visions, the stories and everything. <gasps> My note here says jail, just just straight jail, but like also actual real jail because this feels super illegal because a not only are they not paying you, but like you're not getting any of the credit. I don't know. Someone in the legal world is going to have to tell me if that's it's probably super obvious law, but it feels like a law that you should get credit if it's actually being published. I don't know. 
And for this next story, I actually have the voice message because I asked you on DM or Instagram to send me DMs of your worst payment stories. And someone actually sent me a few DMs, which I really actually liked because I think it's cool to hear your guys' perspective and you actually telling the story. So I'm going to play the video or the voice recordings for you guys. Payment horror story. I had a client actually earlier this year like I think we started working together in December the beginning of December and then it all went south the end of February literally like a week before my wedding so I was like cool like I don't want to deal with this shit and so um yeah so anyways I just had this client that was referred to me and she's super like she was referred to me by, by my VA and then my VA started working with her too and in the beginning she was super super nice super woo woo super like oh, like, just do everything with heart and, like, just, you know what I mean? Like, everything, like, we're just honest about everything and healing and this and that. And so, um, yeah, like, I did a website for her and she loved it. She would get a little antsy when, so, like, a huge website, I had missed the deadline. Like, I don't know, I feel like with most people, when you say, okay, I'll get it to you by Friday and then you get like, people are generally pretty understanding, but um, it was just a huge project, and she had gotten some content to me late, of course, so that um, held things up, and then it was, like, a day late, and she was just, she would connect, like, she, she just made me feel like her very best friend in the whole entire world on the business call, and then um, she would just, like, get so mad and rude and, like, just attacking um when I was late but so I did the website with her and then the next phase was the course and I ended up giving her a really good deal like I did everything it was supposed to be everything let's see 25 plus 15 for like four thousand dollars which way under charge I totally know um but yeah and then we did the course and she approved the mood board and we talked about the strategy and then I sent her the preview and um didn't say anything for a few days and I was like what the heck and so for the her course branding we did a separate website so with the course branding website we hopped on the call and uh, or she's like I'm gonna do a call and I'm like okay and then like to my face like over zoom she was like what is this and so basically like with this client I just kind of noticed that she like she liked to like get in your face and like personally attack and the way that she would phrase questions were just very like wait what like you can't talk to me but then I would try to like beat around the bush and be nice and then it actually did get to a point where I was like um like, hey, we need to be more efficient in our communication. So I would appreciate it if we only communicated by email and we, we put out bulleted points about what you don't like and what needs to be changed because she would just kind of explain her feelings, like how she felt like it just wasn't this and that and it wasn't very a productive conversation and it also made me want to cry after. So anyways, uh, it all came crashing down when the project was almost, actually it was like completed and then she, it was time for payment. Her last payment was scheduled. She didn't pay it and it was like, a, I think it was like a thousand dollar payment. So she, what happened? She didn't pay it and then she got on a call and she basically was like threatening me with her, like lawyers like she I don't know it was so strange she's like you did not uphold your end of the contract 
And I'm like, yes, I did. Like, I did the work for you. And she's like, well, I don't like it and this and that. And I'm like, okay, well, you approved it. Like, here's, like, the email where you approved it and blah, blah, blah. And, like, I was still trying to be nice, but it did get to a point where I'm like, look, like, you've been very disrespectful and this and that. And I never say those things, but just the way that she seriously was being so rude and disrespectful, it was the worst. And so she also threatened to, like, ruin my reputation. And she um, requested a $400 refund after also not paying the last payment. And it got so bad. I told her no to the refund, but it seriously got so bad that I was like, I want you out of my life. And I'm basically paying to get you out of my life. And I do regret it. But at the same time, she's just crazy enough where she would have like come at me with like lawyers and this and that. And I'm like, that's not worth it to go through it. So I paid her the $400 and like, I it was just such a hard time because we're trying to like start our life and like I'm paying for the wedding and like I kind of emptied my bank account to like get her off of my back and um yeah so crazy story I'm pretty scarred from it and then the other side of it I'm so sorry I'm sending you so many voice messages but the other side of it is she was working with my VA too and my VA didn't tell me this until I had this experience but um she did the same thing to my VA a couple like weeks before that and she was just like I don't know it was like a the audacity it was a similar situation where my VA had done all this work gone above and beyond and then she refused to pay her and like kind of like fired her and like this and that and I feel bad for my VA because she I know personally how she works she does go above and beyond and like is the type of person that will do anything and everything for you and so I totally know it was just this client but it was it just totally caught us off guard because she's so nice and like your best friend and spiritual like she's a spiritual healer is like her job and she does courses and all this so it was really bad but um yeah so it just makes me feel good that I wasn't the only one she did that too like misery loves company kind of thing so that's my story with that recent client let me just take a quick breather after this story because out of all of the stories I think this is the one that makes my blood boil the most and also simultaneously drives my anxiety straight through a wall. And this is what I'm talking about, guys, where I'm saying this this type of thing needs to be normalized in the creative community, but also needs to be brought to attention where it needs to be said and shown that like this type of stuff is not okay. Because obviously this person has things that they're going through, things that they're struggling with, and they're taking it out on everybody else except for themselves. But this is still not okay. I don't care what you're going through, what's happening. Just because somebody hired you and you're the boss and graphic designers and creatives have this industry to be stepped on all over the place, it's 100% not okay. And so if you are ever feeling like that in a situation with a client, run as fast as you can. Because I promise you it's going to escalate and it will get worse. I've had so many situations like this where a client was manipulative. And I mean, I've had situations too where it's just like, you know what, we were just weren't a good fit. And I think that's how most of my difficult client situations were. But there is, you know, at every single level, just the occasional manipulative client that it's just not okay to deal with. And so... I used to just be like, you know what? I'm just going to keep going through. Like, I guess we're going to get it figured out. Like, I'm just going to do what they paid me to do. 
But now, whenever I sense any sort of just anxiety like that where I start to feel belittled or I start to feel like I'm not respected and my time is not of value with them, I immediately fire that client. And I do it a really, really nice way. I, firing sounds so rude and mean, but I, I have to cancel that client because I'm not a good for, fit for them. And I, I truly do want for these people to, for them to find a good fit for them. I want them to have a good successful business, but if I'm feeling belittled, I can't do my best work for them. And so they have to go work with somebody else. Do you know what I mean? So if you're feeling like that at all, it's just going to escalate. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, especially when they're just being straight up mean at the point where you're like, uh, sorry, you can't talk to me that way. Or this is like, am I the only one seeing that this is really mean or really not okay? Just, just stop it right there. It's not going to get better and just cancel that client. Oh, but I also had a few things to say about those clients who request refunds right at the end, like days before you finished or right at the end, you know, they just have that final payment, just like the situation. And it's kind of like going to a restaurant. This is what I decided. It's kind of like going to a restaurant and ordering something that you're not sure you're going to like. It feels like it's a little bit of a toss-up. Like, yeah, let's just try it out. Why not? YOLO. And then after you're done eating, you go to the waitress or server or whatever it is. Go to the server and you ate the entire thing, but you still want a refund. And you want to take the leftovers home. And there's nothing left to really give back to the server to say, hey, I didn't like this. It's like, okay, but you ate it. You obviously didn't like it because you stayed this whole time and you ate it. <laughs> so I can't give you a refund just because someone doesn't like something right at the end doesn't mean that that person doesn't deserve to get paid for the work that they did. You still need to get paid for the work that went into it. And it's like, I'm really, really sorry that you didn't like this, but you ate all your pasta. Like, you should have said something a while ago. We could have fixed it a long time ago. Anyways, I've talked way too much about this story. This one just really, really made my blood boil. And I still feel like there's a million things that I could talk about with this story. <laughs> oh, man. But the audacity that some people have. I love them to death. But at the same time, wow. What a trip we just went on. So thanks for sharing that one. Okay, so this story said, I've had a client not pay me twice. Not pay me. Oh, okay, wait, wait, I've had a client not pay me because they forgot twice after being reminded. They were moving houses and because they were getting a divorce, yeah, well, they do have a lot on their plate. Bearing in mind, this is a job for two different A4 party invitations at $75 total. Money was not an issue for her as she had a horse background and ended up purchasing one and a half million dollars farm for herself after this had all happened. Wow. Okay, yeah, money is definitely not an issue. This was my first paid custom job, so I was excited. It was for a friend, and she puts friend in quotation marks. I didn't do the contract because I didn't think I would need it for such a tiny one-off job. Their inquiry started with the phrase, this will all, wait, their inquiry started with the phrase, this will be paid work. I see her at least once a month at a local business functions, and she completely ignores me. I've gotten fed up with chasing her for payments, 
And it's kind of funny because she completely ignored my payment instructions, but she did carry out my testimonial instructions. That immediately followed my payment instructions and gave me a five-star Google review. LOL. Learned lots from my first experience, to say the least. What? When I first read this, I immediately thought that she obviously just has a lot on her plate. She's really busy. And sometimes money just like isn't a priority, especially to people who have a lot of money. I'm not saying that that's what her priority was or wasn't. Uh, but I was just like, maybe she just like totally forgot about the $75. Like it felt like it was so beneath her that maybe it felt like that. But I keep coming back to the fact that she gave you a five-star review, which was right by the payment instructions. Like it was probably easier for her to just go and pay you. But instead she went out of her way to actually give you a five-star review. So I, I don't know what the logic was behind that, uh, but that is really odd and weird, and I'm glad you learned a lot. You know what you should do now, though, is at one of those little business meetings that you guys go to and she completely ignores you, you should just go incredibly out of your way to talk to her and to sit by her and to just randomly be her best friend again. I would love to see that happen and see her response. And, you know, I'll tell you to do that all day long, but I would never actually do that because I am not a very confrontational person. But I think that would make for a really cool story. Okay, and that was it for our stories today. I hope you guys liked our real conversation just about getting payment from clients and sometimes the struggles that we have with that. I was going to add on a conversation at the end of after sharing all these stories about just talking about money but I obviously just had way too much to say about all these stories and you guys had really good stories too so in the next episode I think we're gonna have like a real honest conversation about money and do a little money talk um and we'll, we'll talk about that in the next episode so I'm excited to talk about that but if you guys like this episode if you're if you're enjoying listening please rate review subscribe do all the things you can also find me on Instagram. I've got the podcast Instagram, which is just at CE over it podcast or my personal Instagram. I'm going to link them all below too. It's just at Carliana underscore. Um, and if you want to work with me, I have my two programs, the brand mapping method, which is my signature course for creatives that want to solve big problems. This is my signature process for solving those big problems because I'm a big believer that if you want to charge more you need to solve a big problem and I think my personal favorite way to do that is through brand strategy I think most designers and creatives are already doing it and so you might as well charge for it be awesome at it so you can go learn more about that uh through I've got the link down here in the little show notes but you can also go to carlyanna.co slash bmm hyphen waitlist and waitlist is all one word. Uh, and if you want to learn more about my mastermind, 10K Girl Gang, that is my high-level freaking awesome girl gang where we really work towards helping designers and creatives charge more in a way that feels ethical, in a way that feels good for you. We're not all just about money, 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 money. We want to do it in a way that feels good and in a way that like aligns with the passions and the things that really drive us as creatives. And so... Uh, the, the girl gang is just really freaking awesome. It's, it's a fun way to like really get to know everybody in there and just have a, an amazing community of 
women and designers that all have the same goals. So uh, if you want to learn more about 10K Girl Gang, you can just go to 10kgirlgang.com. If you have any questions, let me know. But yeah, thanks, guys. This has been a great episode, and I'll see you next time.